Hello, YVR Screen Scene Podcast listeners. It's Sabrina Ferminger. Today, I'm excited to give you a sneak peek at something we've been cooking up here in the YVR Screen Scene Podcast Lab, our brand new podcast, Screen Scene Society. Here's the concept. Each episode, actor Christian Sloan and I and a special film industry guest will watch a movie together and then immediately race back to the studio to record our thoughts. For our first episode, Christian and I were joined by Sharon Taylor and Viv Leacock for a screening of The Hunt, which opened today, Friday the 13th, in theaters nationwide. Let's give it a listen. Welcome to the Screen Scene Society podcast, where people who work in the film industry go and see a film together and immediately gather in our studio to talk about it. I am Sabrina Ferminger. And I am Christian Sloan. I call this meeting of the Screen Scene Society to order. Sabrina, who is joining us in the studio for our very first episode? Well, I am so glad you asked. Christian, today's very special guest stars are Sharon Taylor and Viv Leacock. Woo! Sharon Taylor is an actress whose credits include Bad Blood, Jan, and Ghost Wars. Viv Leacock is an actor who has lit up the screen in Haley Dean Mysteries, Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency, and Loudermilk. Welcome to you both. Thank you for having us. Thank you very much. All right. So today, the Screen Scene Society saw The Hunt, which was produced by Bloomhouse Productions and distributed by Universal Pictures. It's directed by Craig Zobel, who directed a very cool, dark little indie called Compliance back in 2013. The film is written by Nick Cues, son of the very prolific writer and producer Carlton Cues, and Damon Lindoff, who endured the slings and arrows of fanboys for his involvement in various properties, but has lately been embraced for his incredible limited series Watchmen on HBO. Personally, <clears throat> I was a huge fan of Lost, <laughs> and thought Watchmen was some of the best TV I've seen, which made me intrigued to see this film. The film is anchored by Betty Gilpin, lately known for her work in Netflix's Glow, and Hilary Swank is the film's antagonist. The Hunt, yet another adaptation of the short story The Most Dangerous Game by Richard Connell, already made waves before it ever made it to screens. Originally scheduled for release on September 27, 2019, Universal pulled and shelved the film in August 2019 after mass shootings in Dayton and El Paso. Without anyone ever having seen the actual film, Various media outlets reported that the Hunt's original title was Red State versus Blue State, a claim denied by everyone behind the film, and that the film was incendiary and a Hollywood blockbuster that satirizes the killing of deplorables, all culminating in a tweet from the U.S. president saying, quote, liberal Hollywood is racist at the highest level and with great anger and hate, end quote. Now, the Hunt releases today, March 13, 2020, with the tagline, the most talked about movie of the year that no one's actually seen. <laughs> well, we here at the Screen Scene Society have seen it and we're ready to dive in. First off, is this movie worthy of all the controversy? Is it truly incendiary? Is this liberal Hollywood at its most racist? <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, I'm going with a no also. Uh, I don't I don't know. I, there's a part of me that that feels that they didn't they might not have gone far enough or that maybe some some kind of changes needed to be made to the concept in order to make it more believable mm. like there's just something that i couldn't believe about this concept of oh the elite you know are going to go and kill deplorables like because when a key thing of what us progress us progressives who you know like our gluten-free milk and our <laughs> and our and we care about refugees and and i don't know like vegan leather like we have empathy you know and so we're supposed we're supposed to accept the fact See, that's a flaw of the, for me of the movie. Uh, we're supposed to accept the fact that people who call themselves progressives, you know, and care about being woke and care about women's rights and care about all these things would also go and hunt, quote unquote, deplorables. Mm. But that's not saying enjoy it. I, I loved it. But there, that I kept getting kind of snagged on that. Yeah, that's a logic problem. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, that's always been my problem is logic well I did feel like the film was trying to <laughs> present the worst case scenarios like the versions that we each see in ourselves right I definitely think the movie was trying to say 
let's take a look at like our most despicable aspects because clearly the right wing is not these despicable horrible people and clearly the left wing are not these entitled you know rich idiots in real life right i I felt like the movie was trying to present the blueprint of what we think each side is like Mm -hmm. and then sort of smashing them together to sort of say you know this is ridiculous like they set it up and you're like yeah yeah those are all the things maybe i believe about the right wing or yeah yeah those are all the things i believe about the left wing and then you see uh, yourself reflected in the mirror and you're like oh wait those are all the things they believe about me those aren't true right and then i think it can prompt an idea where you're like okay well is the other side so bad like am am i full of shit like is it very easy for me to buy christian what do you think viv um yeah i think um that it's it's a satire it's not mm-hmm. you know i always have problems with story logic as well and i was <laughs> i was the biggest problem i had is like how could you bring yourself to hunt people you don't know you don't know them they've never done anything to you personally well they did ta- attack them on the oh internet. yes they did they, <laughs> yes they did attack them on the internet but that that and yes, people, you know, the outrage culture, cancel culture, all that stuff. It's taking all that and it's pushing it to the next level. But it's it's wrapped up in a, in a satire. So with that, you, the logic, you you have to kind of push that to the side. You can't really get too caught up in that because you can't then have the entertaining movie that I actually thought it was. Yeah. I thought it was entertaining, but I could. I it's it's not anything that. Uh, I I would imagine people get too wrapped up about politically. Like they would, need, <laughs> if you get wrapped up about this politically, you need to take a good look at yourself. <laughs> I, I guess for, for me, I wanted to, and I get that it's supposed to be satire, mm-hmm. and I wanted to actually watch it and be like, oh, they're taking all the worst aspects of what it means to be a progressive. And but like there was just, it, I feel like there has to be, it has to be rooted in reality. And that for me, and I guess it's just because I know that. I would not want to. I don't feel like the next step of is my to kill. Be, yeah is to go in <laughs> yeah. and kill people. You know, like that's because a big part of being a progressive is about caring about people, even people who don't care that we care about them. What about you, Sharon? I care about you. Well, I think in a satirical film, and which is this one is essentially absurdist. You have to play the broad stereotypes, mm. and that's like how um, absurdist art has always been. You know, even from Commedia dell'arte times, mm-hmm. the uh, the characters have to be super extreme. Mm-hmm. So because they're so extreme, we're not going to get the um, the reality based characters that might have potentially been more like moving that we can identify with, or that are going to really create an intellectual debate. Because at the end of the day, this was just pretty much just a lot of fun. It was more fun, than anything. Wasn't it? Yeah, we and, were all cheering and stuff, <laughs> and are like, I was eating my pop. I was spitting. Like there are points where I'm like, I was just like putting popcorn in my mouth, putting popcorn in my mouth, and then it would fall out of my mouth because my mouth would just be open. Okay, <laughs> I just happened. There was moments when there was some major violence, and I went, Oh my god! And I. T- touched my face <laughs> and then so if you're listening to this podcast right now we are in the midst of a pandemic of coronavirus yeah. um and so i touched my face probably six or seven times in that movie because i was like covering my mouth with shock and yeah. then i was like ah, i touched my face <laughs> that made it even more even more horrifying this um, movie is definitely not for the faint of heart i would uh, no. front that right away can but, i can i ask you guys though like i didn't really know very much about this movie going in at all, which I think is why I also found it so delightful and it was, and surprising because I really didn't know a lot about it. But like, what kind of expectations did you have going in? And then like, how did the movie you know meet or surpass or ter- totally turn them on its on its head? Hmm. Oh, good question. I did think it was going to be a little bit more based in reality, kind of like the game. Um, What's the Michael Douglas movie where the game? The game. The game. Okay, yeah, was, I thought it was going to. I thought it was going to be a up. little bit more like that. Yeah, but uh, I felt there was elements of a Quentin Tarantino film mm. with the large amount of excessive, ridiculous violence that yeah. happened. And I personally, I'm a big Tarantino fan, so for me, I really enjoyed that aspect. Can you can you be more specific about which uh, which 
acts of ridiculous violence you most enjoyed? Well, at the very start of the movie, and which these you can all like talk about in a second, is that you don't know who the protagonist is. Yes. Yes. So I thought that, that was, was so really cool. strange at first. I'm like, wait a second, is this the protagonist? Is this the protagonist? Right. And then turns out none of those people are. That so hopefully, a few I'm times, eh, guys? Like yeah. that mm-hmm. was like. At least three or four times, yeah. mm-hmm. and then I was like, "Everybody dies in this movie." Then I don't know. No one's a protagonist. The pig. Well, so the first, <laughs> the first person I thought was the protagonist, she gets her head blown off, and it was done in such a ridiculous <laughs> manner that I realized, "Oh, this is the kind of movie I'm watching right yeah. now." Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I found they were. I thought they were really good about subverting that those expectations because. Uh, as a moviegoer, you're, you're like excited. You know, you expect that 20 minutes setup. Here's the person mm-hmm. you're going to follow, yeah. and they have a lot of fun. Again, spoilers, but they have a lot of fun, sort of setting up the protagonist, only to subvert that expectation. There's definitely a lot of, especially in the first like half of this movie. There's a lot of good subverted expectations. I really felt like they had a lot of fun, yeah, challenging the audience. Speaking <laughs> of expectations, then what was it that you guys brought in with you to that? Especially knowing that this film had been had been pulled from it, from its original release because of violence in the real mm-hmm. world. And we're, you, you I, I kind of cringed when you were reading what Trump had said about it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would like to circle back around to that Trump tweet towards the end of our conversation because yeah. I think that that will, it'll be a big spoilers for the film okay. because I want to talk about social media. Yeah. Um, but yeah. continue. Mm. Yeah, expect, so what did you think it was going to be? You guys, I, I don't think I didn't have any real expectations, uh, knowing that it was based on this kind of um, this format that's been done a couple times. I, you know, Jean Claude Van Damme's movie, Hard Target. Hard Target. Yes. <laughs> Shout out for Hard Target. Jean Claude, um, Lance Henriksen. Um, yeah. Oh, I love Lance. Yeah. Um, there was an Ice T movie with Rutger Hauer called Surviving the Game. Yeah. yeah. That was very similar concept to this. They didn't spell out the political sides as much in those movies. Those were more like action. Mm -hmm. It's purely action. This was, again, this is an action comedy. Like, uh, you know, and and I'm like Sharon, like the, the Tarantino style violence it, it makes me laugh <laughs> like, yeah because I was know. it intended to be a comedy like at the times when we were laughing yeah I, I, it's, oh, yeah. Sure. When, spoiler, yeah. Spoiler, when the woman yeah. falls into the pit <laughs> yeah. and then he goes and looks at her and she's got all the spikes coming through her and she's like, it's my birthday tomorrow. I'm going to have pie. I'm like, I, like, I thought that was so hilarious. Yeah. But I, I don't know if it was intended to be. Oh, yeah. Is, sure. That was intentional. <laughs> okay, good, because we yeah. laughed anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can't feel bad about laughing at people dying in this movie. Not it's, in it's this supposed, one. It's supposed to elicit that response from you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's one of those films. I don't know. I, I, my expectations um, were met. I was entertained. That's the. That's what you kind of have to do when you walk into, like I said, like a satire. You can't, like, like you know where the jump off point is. Um, but the, the task they have is to hmm. try to throw out a message, have some message, but to entertain you at the same time. Yeah. They have to. And I thought they did a good job. Yeah, I, I would say it didn't exceed my expectations. I, I felt, like I said, we mentioned off the top, I mean, Watchmen is one of the most phenomenal, you know, nine hours of television that I've ever seen. So I was kind of coming in being like really expecting a, a, a skewering. And I thought there were some good bites of the apple. I didn't think that they knocked it out of the park. But again, you're sort of trapped within a genre exercise that mm-hmm. does also, at the end of the day, need to entertain you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so you're trapped within this format to a certain degree. Uh, I don't know. Like, you know, one of my things that uh, I wanted to bring up to discuss was: is film dangerous anymore? You know, we had a whole big kerfuffle around the time that this movie was going to be released with Joker as well, and people were saying, "Oh, well, this is going to incite the incels," and you know, all the you know, white internet boys in their basements are going to rise up and there's going to be a murder in the streets. And, 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 you know, when you sort of take a look at that and when you take a look at the actual film, you're like, how did we get there? How did the media take it there? And, I mean, is... I don't know. I, 
again, I'm showing my age, but I th when I think back to the 80s into the 90s, there were films out there that really, especially Quentin Tarantino, he came up before with like the splatter kills and Natural things like that. Natural born killers. Yeah. Know? yeah. Oh, there was know? a danger. People, so cool. I think, you know, with, yeah. I mean, I, I feel like in some ways the 90s were the last time yep. of, of, you know, people were scared of music of what it might incite. People yes. were scared of films, what these ideas being transferred to the public might incite. Yeah, what, what about the children? Yeah, yeah. Don't worry, I, Tipper uh, Gore is gonna <laughs> save us all. <laughs> and I, and I, I, don't, I don't know, like I, you know, I always, one of my favorite things about film was it could, you know, if you were sheltered or in any way, a film could open your eyes to new perspectives and things like that. Mm -hmm. And I feel like in this commodified culture that we're living in today, our films really, opening people's eyes. Did I think that this film yeah, that's took a dangerous concept and really put it over the top and really opened eyes? I think it threw, no. you know, <laughs> like I, th I think it threw some fun snippets. Yeah. I think it, it had some really interesting cliches that were skewered. Um, yeah, the stereotypes of all the different kinds of progressives yeah. and then, you know, all the different kinds of quote-unquote deplorables. But yeah. no, it didn't feel it didn't feel dangerous. Like, I don't, I don't know, that wasn't they, my... I don't think they went far enough. Yeah, they yeah. could have gone a lot farther. Yeah. I'd be curious to know if maybe it was taken farther and they pulled it back mm. after all the uh, uproar, kerfuffle yeah, the, upon Damon, the first release. I think Damon Lindoff went on record saying that they didn't change a frame of the film. Oh, okay. So, yeah, because originally the film, you know, was coming out at a bad time. And so they pulled yep. it off, they shelved it. Uh, and I read somewhere, too, that because Joker did so well, that's what gave Universal... The uh, courage. The, the courage. <laughs> They're like, oh, crap, an R-rated oh. movie that had a lot of bunch of controversy made a billion dollars. Then I think maybe let's uh, put this one back out there. It was always inter interesting to me that... that People were trying to say that this mo that the Joker would incite people to do bad things. Where in the film he wasn't incited to do bad things because he watched a movie. Like, yes. the, like how how are you going to? Because that movie is supposed to be based on. I mean, they wanted it to be as realistic as possible. Yeah. So if that if that tells you anything, it's not because he watched a movie that the guy went over the edge. So how do you then apply that logic mm. to reality? It's just kind of silly. So what do you guys think then? Did they make the right choice by holding the release date back on this movie? Being sensitive to the mass shootings? Do we think it was sensitivity or do we think it was uh, business Do logic? Dollars, yeah, it's dollars, 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 but you know what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if this, like releasing it this weekend, not that anybody really understood what was going to happen this week with COVID-19, but mm -hmm. we are all being hunted right now. <laughs> you know, all of us. You know, it's not just people who with, with guns in America. It's all of us are, like I was sitting there thinking, I like... I like you know like I I'm living in fear right now and this doesn't really feel like that much of a distraction. Well, here's for here's me. a question then. <laughs> yeah. If if this movie if we weren't in undergoing the COVID nineteen uh, pandemic right now, would this movie actually be sparking conversations? Because media, like I said, that this is the hot story and there's terror and fear and clickbait that we are, we're also living in, you know? And so if COVID-19 hadn't happened, do you think this movie would have an uproar around it? Do you think people would be talking about it? Would would articles be feeding on it, being like, whoa, look at this, liberal God. agenda coming up, you I, know? I, I think, actually, if they had, if the, the unfortunate shootings hadn't happened when they first were gonna release this, I think it would make as much noise. Mm -hmm. I don't think it would make as much noise. People would have been anticipating, like, oh, what, what, why'd they pull it? What was in it? Oh my God. And then it comes out, yes, nobody could predict that this was going to happen with, you know, COVID 19 and whatnot. But, but I don't know if people are, I mean, it probably impacting them because people are staying away from theaters mm. right now. But they're not staying away because of the content of this movie. Yeah. Yes, you know what I mean. It's like mm -hmm. a totally different thing. But I, I just think. feel like what would draw draw you to a movie theater. Like I remember after 9-11, mm -hmm. a few weeks after, I mean, and we were all, we're at every stage you were at, like I was working in student journalism in a military town at the time. So like we were putting out a paper like almost every day. Uh, everything was 9-11, then I'd get home and then we'd be watching CNN mm -hmm. and you don't know what's gonna happen, war's coming, flights are grounded. And, and I remember like, 
okay, like we got some passes to go see a movie at the at the local Kingston movie theater three weeks after 9-11 I was like I don't know like I don't know if I right. want to go I don't know if I want to smile but it was Zoolander <laughs> and it was such Perfect. a it was such a joy like if there was ever a like I cried at the end of it I was so grateful you know to it and I'm not saying that we're at that we haven't experienced that one sharp trauma as mm-hmm. a culture uh, but I don't know if this is the film to go and be entertained, you know, in the time when we're all being hunted by a pandemic, you know, like what else is what else is playing? Like, I haven't seen Birds of Prey yet. Maybe I'll go see that one instead to have that, you know, because if I understand correctly, she she goes in search of a breakfast burger. And that sounds great. You know? um, I, I did want to say, though, you had mentioned those other movies that were in the similar vein that mm-hmm. were from like the 80s and 90s. Um, what were they again? Uh, uh, hard target uh, hard target oh, yeah oh, from, and uh, uh, surviving the game so yeah. I I'm not familiar with surviving the game I'm familiar with hard target and I, w- I would say one thing that I feel sets this film apart from from those other ones is uh, the use of women in this film oh, yeah. and because uh, I was prepared to go today especially not knowing anything about it be like this film's not gonna pass the Bechdel test mm. like whatever and I it was actually so satisfying, you know, especially towards in the latter part of the movie where it was, you know, these two powerhouse women, you know, just beating the shit out of each other, (laughs) you know, and like, and they're so, and they're flawed and they're interesting. And I didn't particularly like either one of them, Mm. but you don't have to always like the characters. So I thought that it was the way that it, it utilized women, I thought was... I was relieved, frankly. I agree because I, I really don't think the storyline would have been as effective if those two characters were men. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you think, men? <laughs> no, I agree. I honestly think that mm-hmm. it was it was incredibly refreshing, especially because you hit something there, which was which was really cool, is that both characters aren't necessarily likable. There's nothing redeeming about either of them. Nope. <laughs> um, but but it was They're both kind to dogs. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the, what the one thing. Oh yeah, they're both kind to dogs. <laughs> well that's the beauty of this of a satire though too is not you don't have to have your likable <laughs> cipher as your lead in the film. And uh, I l- if we're gonna maybe take a look at performances, I thought Betty Gilpin kicked oh, she ass, killed it. Man. She killed it. Oh yeah. Oh like, yeah. She was everyone. she was a yeah. lot of fun to watch. That there was one particular monologue when she was talking about her backstory, oh. Oh. and she had mm. the one tear going yeah. down her face. I was like, I'm in love with this woman. <laughs> yeah, she was incredible. Little Denzel and Glory there. Yeah, mixed yeah. yeah. with little Billy Bob from Sling Blade. I'm like, what mm. the hell am I yeah, watching yeah. with this woman? I've never seen anyone do that. Yeah. yeah. Never. Yes. Yeah. I, never. Yeah. Not one moment. Yeah. That, yeah. yeah. And I'm yeah. Like, They're what? making such great faces right what? now. What? Yeah. She, I, I thought she was a powerhouse. I thought she was incredibly interesting to watch. I felt like, like I say, the, the movie's very clearly a satire, but I thought she had a very full performance. Like, you know what I mean? There were decisions made. It felt like a rich life. She felt like someone who had lived a yes. very big life yes. beyond what the filmmakers were doing. Yes. And I, I have to applaud that. Like, it was... Yes. She was a joy to watch. Was not Much like The Bride. Yes. 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 Another Tarantino kind of reference. <laughs> was there. not a mm-hmm. cookie cutter mm-hmm. character. And not everybody would have played the character like that. No. I, that's a, th- as actors, you know, you always watch and go, okay, how would the actors get behind that performance? And, you know, what can you do? What can you bring? What else can you, you know, you uncover? And it's just like, <laughs> I don't know if anybody else would have done that. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't know. That's that that looked like a very unique portrayal. Mm-hmm. I agree. That's why I was so. It, she's the reason for me why the movie was as entertaining as it is. Because anytime she's on the screen, you're not looking away. It's yeah, just, she was so interesting to yeah. watch the yeah. whole time. She definitely elevated uh, some of the weaker uh, <laughs> performers that she she shared time with as well, well. I don't know if I would say like. You know, from an acting perspective, like when you take a look at what the roles were given, like right. they're all recognizable faces, but they're also like Not canon. Developed. They're, they're canon fodder. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. You know, like they're given one or two moments to sort of stand out before they get smoked. Yeah. I, I don't think that's 
too much of a spoiler to say. Right, yeah. and I guess that's part yeah. of the fun of it too, because that was part of like throwing us off the trail as to yes. who the real protagonist was. Because if you have like a, a face that everybody recognizes, you think, oh, this is one this of the stars of the film. Right. But yeah. then they not you know, so much. Don't it's make like it. watching an episode of Law and Order. If you got, if you understand how it works, if you see the guest star's name in the opening <laughs> credits, you're like, well, I guess I know who the killer yeah. is. Like, because it's just that's the way it has to be. Why would they bring Alan Alda on? <laughs> right, you know, yeah. to just yeah. like to just he's not going to be there for yeah, like the two walk scenes. Around, serve a piece <laughs> no. of bread or something. Right, and that's the thing. And when you're in the industry. <laughs> And you recognize names that maybe someone else might not recognize. You know, you'd pick a, a Alan Alda. Yes, everyone might probably recognize that name, but you know, you get the name, some of the names from from this movie. Ethan Suplee. Yeah, yeah, Emma Ike Roberts. Arnold. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. people might Alan not... Alda was not in this movie. No. <laughs> he's yeah. just my favorite actor of all time. I was going to say, we should clarify <laughs> yeah. that he's not in the not, film. Not he's well, not that, in the film at all. Cameo was by Alan yes. Alda was incredible. But he's, Didn't see he's, that uh, <laughs> Yeah, but if he was but, on Law and Order, and I don't even know if he's been on Law and Order. Okay, I'm going to just, I'm stepping away I mean, because this. you've already said her name, it is, it's Hilary Swank. Hilary and fucking so Swank. So she's, she's the antagonist but they don't reveal that for so long and I thought it was a really interesting choice to not show her face or mm -hmm. anything for so long they wanted us as the audience to be who is it who is it but because her name is associated yeah, with the publicity of the can't. film we know that she's yeah, we know. probably we know. a big character I, yeah. thought, I thought she did a great job too considering like I said that they wanted to save that reveal save that reveal and uh, I thought she brought a nice grounded energy it, it was tough because they hide her so much that you can't ever get invested or hate her or, you know, that like that. If there was one flaw, maybe that's a choice though. That that's is, actually yeah, a could be a, a really strong choice for a filmmaker. Because mm -hmm. if you don't want everybody to hate your antagonist right away, maybe you were. They're hoping that there are people that identify with her, mm -hmm. because when she first gets accused of bad behavior. She's saying it's a joke. It's a joke, and she loses her job and loses things over a so-called joke. Mm -hmm. mm. Are we supposed to feel sorry for her? I don't know. It was a joke and a text message stuff. I'm sorry. I thought that whole thing was like I'm totally team progressives in that one. They were joking. <laughs> I say stuff about the orange Cheeto all the time in my text. <laughs> I would hate for that to be used against me. Yeah, but it's tough, right? Like we're in such a. I mean, I I do appreciate that the film addressed that sort of cancel culture a mm -hmm. little bit as well. Again, I think they could have dove in a little more because yeah. it is, you know, this. You know, we're recording here in Canada, but when you we're all, you know we're very related to the U.S. and we really do embrace those elements of free speech. We really want to be able to say what's on our mind, and you know the last five years has really changed the game. <laughs> Uh, you know, for better and for worse, you know, like actually mostly for worse. Mostly for yeah. worse. Yeah. No, but but I, yeah. I do feel like I do feel like it's tough to have a conversation anymore. Like you know, having a podcast in 2020 can be fraught. Uh, you say one bad thing about China, or you say one bad thing about, uh, you know, uh, a corporation or something like that. You know, very quickly can get you into hot water. Yep. Yeah. And and you know, it was it's not necessarily the values I was raised with. You know, uh, the idea is that we should be able to express an opinion, have a discussion with somebody, let them, and be open to changing your mind. Mm -hmm. And it feels like with all this policing of our language, nobody, people get entrenched, nobody changes their mind anymore. Nobody. Like, I do applaud this movie for at least trying to w open a conversation. Do you think that's what they were trying to do? I think so. I think so. I think with the satire, I mean, they mentioned Animal Farm, right? Which mm -hmm. is definitely one of the greatest satires of all really taking a load of culture and the, you know it's mentioned sort of in the uh, in the third act as well right mm -hmm. like there's an allusion to that right? right and it was a great twist that one of the deplorables was well versed in that yes yeah right. exactly farm. yeah mm -hmm. well it's a, and that's so I do feel like the movie was trying to say hey we're more than just this identity culture that we've latched onto you know like we are all people with feelings we've just been raised in different environments we learn different things from the people around us and there needs to be a, a way to have an open conversation in a civil way that we can actually like open each other's minds because like I say the more I you know I can be raised with a certain perspective on things if I have that open mind then I can I can actually evolve and change I've watched my parents you know from the 70s um, like if we're gonna talk about uh, uh, like you know gay culture as a for instance you know there was a perspective certainly in the 60s and 70s where they were raised mm -hmm. and to watch my parents you know who were liberals but back then 
didn't have such an evolved perspective over the decades, you know, they've come to realize. Come yeah. Well, they just come to realize. They're like, uh, you know, I, I feel like that's one of the great things of, of what's happened over the last 50 years is, you know, my uh, wife's uh, father is gay. Mm-hmm. And he was a sheriff, and he had to live his life in secrecy. That was a, like, it wasn't oh. like, uh, you know, oh, some guys aren't going to like me. It was like, you'll lose your no. job. Uh, you'll be, uh, you know. Danger your yeah. You could be killed yeah. or yeah. beaten up. Yeah, or yeah. exactly. Danger your mm-hmm. whole, your physical presence. So I think when people are open, conversations happen and, and perspective shifts. But I, th- I think we've been in a weird place this last four or five years where. <laughs> Everybody thinks they're right. And that's yes. the danger of social media because you can hide behind your opinions and not have um, conversations with people where maybe your mind could be changed. There's that, f- I thought it was kind of funny, tweet that was going around for a while. And it had said, I like apples, oranges, and bananas. And then underneath it said, you left out pears. You, you're a horrible person because you didn't include pears. And so I was, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I thought that was so... <laughs> So like exactly like what people do nowadays. They're not willing to necessarily let their minds be changed or open to other things because they're so set in their ways and hiding behind a computer screen. Nobody's listening to each other. You don't like pears? (laughs) (laughs) Well, it is. I mean, I I felt like this movie did at least try to address that race to the bottom Mm -hmm. where we become, we've, we've suddenly become our identifiers. Well, I'm this. I live here. I, I uh, you know, sign this, and so like when everybody in the, uh, I mean, one of the fun scenes in the <coughs> film, when everybody's trying to outwoke each other in, right. the, in the bunker, you know, like yes. and just trying to cancel each other and try to show how they're more yeah. woke than each other. Like I, I really felt like, you know, I like seeing that stuff illustrated. I, I like, hated it. <laughs> I hated that oh, really? scene. Yes, because I just, I guess that's where the, even though I understand it's satire, there was just the cognitive dissonance of, the, yes, they're all trying to outwoke each other, but also they're in the bunker because they want to shoot people. And a big part of being a bleeding heart progressive is you don't shoot people. They shot. <laughs> like, <laughs> so it's like, that's like, that's where, because I am one of those people. I am absolutely one of those people. I know. I, and I'm, I don't know if this movie was for me. Really? Like, who was on, this on movie for? Well, I think, but that's what mm-hmm. I mean. I, I, again, I think this movie was trying to fight and say, Just you know, because at the end, these two forces end up destroying each other, mm-hmm. you know, almost. And, you know, that I, I still am not 100% sold on the absolute ending of the film. Right. You know, like, but, but I do, I did love that the film was trying to address these things because I, we have to realize the ridiculousness of our own perspectives. I'm a very liberal-minded person, live and let live and things like this, mm-hmm. but I do see the poison that seeps into that culture when everyone's trying to outwoke each other, and I do feel like that is a liberal disease to a certain yes. degree. Somebody wants to win, and yeah. that's, the, that's the thing. I don't know if there needed to be a winner yeah. in this contest. Didn't know that everybody else here was a Bernie bro. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so 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 if we're going if we're going back to Trump's tweet and social media, and uh, this is going to be a big spoiler. So if you have been listening, you should really stop listening now. That the one of my favorite things about the movie was the end. That it was a mistaken identity Mm -hmm. that really caused all the big um, yeah. conflict in the film because of um, an Instagram post or a tweet or a Reddit thing and it turned out it was the wrong person and yeah. then otherwise it would have been a whole different movie if they had actually kidnapped the correct person yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah I, so, I don't know how I feel about so that so who twist. are we behind our Twitter yeah. masks Twitter and, and our masks, masks. Yeah. masks yeah. and people use other people's photos all the time Yep. Mm-hmm. They do it all the time. You found yeah. out about my puppet cock account on Instagram. <laughs> I'm so sorry about that. Right. You're so popular, though. I know. It makes so me popular. feel good. More popular than me. <laughs> well, if we're, yeah, if we're diving into spoilers, do you feel like it? I don't. I didn't feel personally like it totally stuck the landing. Like her getting on the plane, you know, sort of sharing the wealth, but she also like takes on and puts on the costume yeah. of her oppressor as it were and I'm like I, 
did I feel like it nailed it? Like I, don't, I just didn't feel like there was like I was like, aha, yeah, you it, got it. You know, I felt like I was like, oh, you know. But do you guys have a different perspective? No, but I like I wasn't feeling that either until she drank from the bottle, that very expensive old bottle of champagne yeah. right from the bottle, and I, I took that especially because that bottle that bottle was established in the very first scene, and then like you know that they they were like. Hillary Swank, like when ca- caught it, and then she's drinking right from it. I took it as an F you to like the entire situation. So I, I, I liked that aspect of it. I was also happy the dog lived. I mean, that was for me, like that's something I think about whenever a dog shows up in a movie, I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> Yeah, I agree with you. The the um the drinking out of the bottle definitely kept things on track because for a split second I was like, oh wait, she's wearing her clothes and getting on her jet and becoming her. Yeah. So then it made me go, is this? Are they trying to make another social comment here about how she actually is yeah. part how of that group and how she really feels? Well, we're yeah. all potential yeah. to have that be upwardly mobile. But then she drinks from the bottle and she and she tells the um the flight attendant that she, that why don't you try some caviar? Like what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. I, I think so too. Do you? I mean, have you guys seen Parasite? I was just about. To, I was like, <laughs> no, I haven't. Have you? I was just about to say it. Sync up. I mean, that's the thing. Like when you compare a movie again, from my perspective, yeah. you compare a movie like this to Parasite. I think both have something to say. I just thought Parasite knocked it way more out of the park. I thought there were yeah. way more layers of the. Because you're talking about rich versus poor. Like it, mm-hmm. it, 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 like you didn't necessarily spell out that everyone that was being hunted didn't have any money. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. not... Because one of the, the people deal. who was, um, like, re- there was supposed to be an Ivanka uh, Trump kind of stand-in, the, mm-hmm. the blonde lady, there's a photo of her at yeah, some she, kind of, like... Yeah, she's fine, then big game hunting, it ain't yeah. cheap. So, you know, like, there was another cat that... <laughs> that's mm-hmm. right, that's he has, right. He's got dough. Mm-hmm. He's got dough. Um, so this wasn't, like, Parasite, which was class. It was, class, you know, all about class and... But what about the uh, who's what, feeding off of who? What about the race card in this one, which they did talk about it <laughs> at one point? Um, oh, if we choose that one uh, sheriff, I forget his name, but he's like the crazy like yeah. bonkers sheriff. Then we'll we'll be considered racist. Like there were not a lot of people of color. No, it was a very in this. It was a pretty yeah, white film. Yeah, there was the the that. one like a- Arab dude from Connecticut who yeah. was one of the the elitist like do you think that's a choice they make because there was like nope we don't want to have you yeah. know white people running around shooting black they, people yeah that was a definite yeah. choice you cannot have mm-hmm. anybody shooting a black person for any reason at all they can't they couldn't no no they couldn't <laughs> afford that they couldn't afford that yeah but so it would if they had made that choice then would that have made the film dangerous completely yeah like if they had made the choice you know instead of Betty Gilpin to have like a, a black woman Couldn't in that right. role. No, they wouldn't. That's a that would have been hot button. They don't want to touch. I can tell you that right now. They didn't, they wouldn't want that because that doesn't go away no matter what month you push it back mm-hmm. to. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't change anything. Yeah, it becomes a different film. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. You can't do that. They they touched on it basically by saying we thought of it. But there's no way in hell yeah, we're, we're gonna do that. Do yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what they just did. And the, and the thing that's really, you know, anybody, again, if you have, if you're in the industry, if you know how to write, or if you've read lots of scripts, or if you acted, you watch this film and you you can see the little things that they use, you know, to, to as the little tricks and the little things to address something and then back the hell away from it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so as people mm-hmm. who that work was. in the industry then, like besides that, could you give another example of, of what some things that you you lot might have noticed that somebody like me would not have noticed, you know, about that indicates, you know, the choices that they made. Hmm. Um all the the bribe money in the tr- in the trunk of the car is like <laughs> That that's 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 so like um, what was that? That's, like it's too obvious. You know what I mean? Like they're again, they're showing you this is yeah. satire. This but she didn't satire. take it no. either. No. But the fact that it's labeled, it's labeled with a big label and bribe money. That's then the thing. yes, oh, yeah. Right? That's, it's, yeah. It's yeah, yeah they're putting like, the, your finger right on the nose. Yeah, that's a Leslie Neal. That's the naked gun. You know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah, I love those. That's what that is. And again, it <laughs> it was. It was from that thing. Anytime you see those things, you go, "Okay, I know what I know what I'm looking at." Yeah. I just I just think when Christian said it right, it's like the I don't know if they stuck the landing enough because 
they wanted they they wanted to have a winner, and I think that was the problem. Mm. I don't mm. think there should there shouldn't have been a winner. Nobody won in that mm. contest. There shouldn't have been a winner. I mean, if if no if they everybody had died, would you have been satisfied with the ending? Or like no, I wanted her to win. Yeah, I really wanted her. Yeah, to win. you want her to win, but the thing about it is like she may have actually taken somebody out that didn't do anything. Yes. Mm. That's, oh, yeah, that's was true. That's very yeah. um, yeah. ambiguous. Let's not forget ambiguous. about my man. Ambiguous. <laughs> Don. 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 Poor Don. 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 Forget about Poor Don. Don. Yeah. I mean, his, his, uh, since we're deep into spoiler territory, his headshot, his picture was on the headshot of the 11 deplorables. Oh, right? oh okay. So I was like, I'm pretty yeah. sure. She, she talked to oh, him. I, that. Yeah. Was that headshot like given did you see that before he got killed or after he got after killed, he got killed. After. okay yeah okay. when she goes into the house and it's got the wall of, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. of people yeah because yeah. if, you, if you'd seen it before he got killed then we would have been like oh but, but i wouldn't have noticed yeah yeah, yeah. so well, this, do you think do you think there would have been any room for this film to be more dangerous do you know what I mean? To maybe take more risks they, they could have like yeah they could have pushed it even further and 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 really you know, dive in headlong into like you know we were saying if there was an African American character or two, yeah. or one or someone <laughs> somewhere, you yeah. know what I mean? They really could have. Yeah, I, they really could have done. They just didn't. They just didn't want to. They I, didn't I want just, to. I guess because I felt like I was watching stereotypes of mm. progressives. Uh, who, and stereotypes of conservatives. Well, no, but totally. but like yeah. but. I guess I'm stuck on the progressive thing because one, they're the ones doing the hunting, and two, because that's me. Like I, that was supposed to be me in the movie, right? And so I want, I wanted to be pushed to a point of seeing where I could have been put in where a position where I could have been been one right. of those people doing that, right. you know. And I just felt like that whole part of it was like it was because of a social media thing and they lost her job. Like, right, right. like I, that's not the next logical step. So. I don't know. Like maybe I'm, I'm thinking too hard. It's, like it's, but it's what has kept it. What kept me from fully like finding the film dangerous or really investing, you know, in any of their journeys. Well, when you, know? you have everything though, and you lose everything, you know, that's that's also, you know, when you didn't have much to start with, yeah, and, it's no big and deal. You lose your your place. Uh, you got a yeah. rough couple months, but when you have millions in your cushy lifestyle, and you know, and you have so far to fall. I don't know. Like if you look at a Weinstein. You know, I mean, there's that guy. Like, the the amount he doesn't see himself as a victim, the fact that he can send out emails, the fact he'll show up with a yeah, walker, walker. But the like, thing is, the he's, pandering, like, he's it's not, just, a, pro- he's not a progressive, though. I mean, he might have said he was, but, but the he movies, wasn't. the movies he made were, though. But he, the life that he was living. Yeah. See, that's the thing. Like, I, they're put, taking people who live a life like, like what I live. You know, that one woman who with the bow and arrow, I was like, that's me. If I was in the movie, that was going to be me. <laughs> and and they, But they didn't go farther, mm-hmm. you know? And it, like I and I guess if it wanted, if they really wanted to inspire conversations, you know, they could have fleshed out, have fewer characters on each side and give, give us a chance to get to know them a little bit more. Well, that's it does, true. it runs a lean and mean 89 minutes. Yeah, long. it really does. Like, yeah. It definitely, like, chugs ahead, you know? But, uh, yeah, I mean, the, I, in some ways, I do think... It's a bit of a missed opportunity. Well, people are afraid of controversy. I mean, um, I talked, Sharon and I talked about um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Mm. And there's a scene in that movie, and a lot of people haven't talked about this scene. I'm sorry if there'll be a spoiler attached, but there's a scene in the movie where it's based in 1969. Brad Pitt picks up a hitchhiker who's not even 18. I don't think, I don't think she's 18. Mm. She offers some sexual service for the ride home he's giving her, to which he says, how old are you? And to which I say, that's a bunch of garbage. Because that man who picked up someone he was attracted to mm-hmm. wouldn't ask her. He knows what's going to happen. Yeah, He's not going to ask her how old she is. And also in that time era, age wasn't as it wasn't big a, a deal as to, yeah. So that was literally Tarantino shying away from hmm. Me Too, Me Too, Me Too, like they would have plastered Brad Pitt all over the Me Too moment, movement, and he, didn't, he did not want that at all. Yeah. He didn't want that, so he shied away. Because if, if that movie was shot 10 years ago, please, yeah. he'd cut to her doing, you know, that's what it would have been. He wouldn't have asked how old you are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't have, because he wouldn't have to. So, every th- this movie was about um, people s- 
feelings about outrage culture, cancel culture, liberals and deplorables and every someone has a thought process about all of it and they threw it all into a movie to get everybody talking about what do you think about this what do you think about that person what do you think about this side it's all in there yeah it's all in there and it's just you know they try to craft a movie out of all those uh topics shied away from some mm-hmm tackled a lot but you know where they're talking about we're the worst we're white people like <laughs> the, the two the two in the uh in the convenience store yeah yeah <laughs> you know it's african-american oh you can say black now you know what i mean like as long as they're woke they can say that yeah if they not woke then it, it's not the characters are gonna get in trouble it's the creators that are gonna get in trouble for that so yeah. I thought that was pretty on point though because I've literally seen conversations like that yeah. between white people. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Like, like but that was on point, just, but they're I'm not just... white people who are going and killing people. I guess I guess I'm just stuck on that. I just wanted just... to be put in a position where I could believe that like I understand why these progressives are doing what they're doing. Gotcha. And I never got there. I am I'm curious like, can we can we switch gears a little bit and talk about the the craft of filmmaking? Mm-hmm. Um, what were some things but all of you involved in the movie making magic? Well, what I, were some things that like, you know, impressed you or did not? Be, because I often play characters that get to do fight scenes and things like that. Um, some of the some of the action was kind of ridiculous, yeah. but I was like, okay, whatever, I'm along for the ride. But then the the big climax fight scene between the two women at the end, when it started, I was really disappointed. I was like, this. I was like, they're supposed to be going at it hard. I see better fight scenes in some of the locally shot CW superhero shows here. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, okay, but then, but then it did start to pick up the pace, and I was like, okay, it's redeeming itself within the fight. And then I did enjoy how they were both exhausted by the end of the fight because that's real. Because you've yeah. ever been in a fight, you more than two or three minutes, you are exhausted. You're done. You're done. So I appreciated that aspect. And the other aspect I liked about that final fight was how the protagonist did overcome the antagonist because I've never seen anyone die quite like that before yeah. with. Should I say what you it know is? What? I, I, yeah. think, I think in spoiler yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think at this point, um, yeah, like she literally, there was a, she took what had been this like blender blade or something that was from her own body and then rammed it with using her body into the other woman. Yeah, she stabbed the other woman with the impale I mean, the thin, a thing a that was impale. Yeah, it was a Cuisinart thing, which yeah. I thought was yeah. kind of fun too because it is sort of I, that's what I mean. There's like well, moments of brilliance because I do feel like that's sort of like that homemaker yes. 50 yeah, style housewife you know like here's my Cuisinart yes. and the two yeah. women in the kitchen yeah. right yes. and yeah. she's cooking yeah. when she walks in yeah. and yeah. I'm like yeah. what it's all on purpose that yeah. was not by you know accident that yeah, that, I liked that part of it I, yes. and that's why I thought um, it did it didn't I felt like there was an under, I felt like there was more understanding of womanhood and the challenges that women face than I did about this whole, you know, progressives versus yeah. quote unquote deplorables thing. You know, like that it was more about like the different faces of being a woman, you know, and also to like to have unlikable women as well was a nice change. So what about you guys? All the way at the end of the table there. Or <laughs> some of the movie making magic things that you appreciated or that you couldn't get over because it was so bad. Uh <laughs> This happens in a lot of movies. Like, what a human can actually take, as far as you know, for instance, a pipe across your face. <laughs> you're not talking to anybody after that. You're not having a conversation after you get. She wound up that oh, yeah. thing, and yeah. that was like a yeah, golf swing and hit him a few times. Yeah, my <laughs> man is not having a conversation with her, or telling her anything. I don't care how tough he is. He can't talk. His jaw's broken. You know what I mean? <laughs> like there's there's little things like that that then pull you out. But then again, it's a, it's a over the top. It's it's the action is supposed to be that. It is comical. It's not you know Mary Melodies. It's not mm-hmm. Tom and Jerry, but it's pretty close. I don't know. Some of those Tom and Jerry cartoons were very violent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. Comically violent. Comically True. violent. This is where I get my sense of humor from. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that explains so much. Yes. Yeah, I definitely found myself laughing at a lot of the kills. I yeah. thought they were... Yeah, you were enjoying a lot oh, yeah. of those kills. Um, I always do. I was like, uh-oh, what, what are we getting <laughs> ourseles do. into with this dude? <laughs> we, come from the, we come from the same time. That's the stuff that's... This is funny. Yeah, yeah, it's true. And and also, like, I will give kudos to the uh, filmmakers for, again, finding the humor in that. Because I can be just as horrified, you know, um, you know I think... I th- again, we could sort of call back to Tarantino, but I was de- genuinely horrified at the end of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood because there's moments where you're like, you start out funny and then yeah. it gets real ugly, and Horrifying. you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, that on. felt that felt like that felt again. That movie to me felt like Tarantino was really like, um, he was in trouble. Me Too movement, people were circling around him mm-hmm. because of his association with Weinstein. Yeah, and that really felt. Like he was using a character to inflict a massive amount of violence on women. Mm. There was, he really did. Threw the little girl on the ground, smashed the little girl's face into the, you know, the, the fireplace around, like, yeah. blowtorch one. It was a, it was a oh, lot. She's not a little girl. She's a, Teenager, right? Is that what you mean? The yeah. little girl on the set with DiCaprio, where he threw oh. her onto the ground. Oh, okay. There's a lot of there was a lot of little things. He, he I, that's the way I felt. Like I said, for me, the biggest tip off for that was the whole Brad Pitt car ride scene. Mm-hmm. The fact that he pulled back on that, that 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 just spoke to me, man. It said something. I'm like, this dude. This this guy and then every you know women's feet were everywhere everywhere. Oh everywhere. yeah, oh, I mean everywhere. it's a Tarantino film. You I know, know there's going to be some but it, feet. But I, but I, I think you know you're saying? onto something there because I do think that he went almost overboard. He did. He like almost leaned in to be like, oh look at old Grandpa Tarantino and his yeah. feet, ha like ha, throwing it's, it in people's he, faces. He, yes. he, he did. He did by, feet by, everywhere. Yeah, by making it so abundant, it was almost a caricature of what he had done before with Uma Thurman yes. and stuff like that. But I, I, I know he was angry. That there, there's, mm. there's some anger in that, in that film, and he used just like, you know, the the writers of of the Hunt. There's people are angry <sighs> about cancel culture. They're angry, like mm-hmm. writers, producers, actors. Comedians, especially, yeah. angry yeah. about it. A tweet from 2008 can ruin you know your I mean? life can now. Come on, yeah. 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 right? Like, yeah. how is that even possible? So, a lot of the fury that I'm seeing in this movie and in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was really directed at a very particular crowd, a very particular, yeah. um, you know, section. Yeah, I feel like they're no, you're onto something, and they're like layers of anger in oh, this yeah. film. You know, because we are like, there's a lot of anger in the zeitgeist yeah, man. right now, People and a lot of fear. And maybe that's why I wasn't fully able to give myself to this film right now, because I am living in that place of. Well, I'm on Twitter. I exist in the world. <laughs> you know, I I exist in that place of of anger and fear. Mm-hmm. So, um, what do you think? Like, is this a film that we would recommend to others? That you would recommend to others? This is definitely a film of its moment. And I feel like just like the moment that it's been released in, I don't feel like it went all the way. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I would say that like coming from, I, again, I can't praise it enough, but coming from Watchmen, which I felt like Oof, juggled yeah. some very big ideas uh, with grace and nuance mm-hmm. and, with, and within a, a superhero milieu that we understand, really had a lot of different intricate nuanced things to say. Mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, this is, and that's the other thing I I was going to sort of bring up too, is like, we're in a weird place now. I love cinema. I grew up loving cinema, but now I find myself loving uh, streaming and television, whatever you want to call it. Doing it better. It's doing it better. Yeah, exactly. And that's, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to start this podcast too, because I really, it's, we're at a crossroads with film and, and, and with, with cinema. Can we make exciting films today that we can go and see on the silver screen and genuinely get excited about it and have conversations? Or are, is this podcast eventually going to devolve into the Marvel smash-em-ups? Right. Went so fast nine of Indigenous <laughs> grunted about uh, What else you guys got? Hey, those mm. films serve a purpose, too. And oh, there's hey, a, there's an art. And are we going to throw down in this episode, oh, Christian? Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> 
I will defend to the death fasts one through five. I adore it's Fast a and Furious one drama. through five. Okay. I'm so on board for those films. Yeah. And then they just kind of turn no. to slop. Yeah. But again, okay, no that's, argument then. Th- that's a conversation. We'll, yeah. we'll get into that another day. They turn into secret agents. Yeah. 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 Come but, on. I but know, it's all about yeah. family. <laughs> it's all about, it's all about family. Yeah. Well, I, that's cool. So I would say. <laughs> if, if yeah, my final thoughts on the film would be, this is a movie uh, of its moment and of its time, and hence it has something it desperately wants to say, uh, and says some of them well, but overall pulls punches, hedges bets, mm-hmm. uh, has an eye on the bottom line, and I think it's a, it's a concept rich. And I thought, you know, I thought there were some really funny moments. I thought the, the violence was uh, was fun, um, while still being kind of earned. I think it can sp- it could start a conversation, but I don't think that it could earn uh, shifting somebody's perspective. Right. I, I guess my bigger right. my biggest complaint is like, what can I see today that will actually like somewhat change the game? And I I realize you I go into movies being like turn off my brain yeah. let's see some ass kicking yeah. turn off my brain like get me thrilled get me excited get me laughing but you know a movie like this I went in being like make me think give me mm. give me you know it's a satire make me yeah, think about some. bigger ideas well when some of the people behind Lost mm. were behind this yeah. I did expect more of an intellectual mind fuck mm-hmm. and I didn't get that so that's a big I guess a bit of a disappointment yeah. but if you just want to have a fun ride it was definitely from the fun. trailer. I knew what I was gonna see. <laughs> I just, I just, I knew what was what, what it was gonna be because, you know, nobody. People were talking about gun violence, and that was the reason why you know it got pulled. But you know, there there had to have been early reviewers at that point, and and, and nobody was talking about oh, this movie's amazing. Like the, people weren't saying that. Mm-hmm. They weren't saying that, and um, I, I I I'm gonna kind of second what Christian said it, it they went for some things but they just kind of fell short with the whatever overall thing I think they're trying to say it just kind of didn't quite land as well as it could have could have could have could have didn't but I would still recommend people go see it because it's you know it's a it's a popcorn flick it, you know you go you get your popcorn you get your drink you sit down you unplug you watch some you know, watch some people have a good time uh, doing playing the roles, and and Betty Gilpin, I mean, oh, she, no. she knocked it out. No. She knocked it out. No. I see it for her. If mm-hmm. you see it. Yeah, and honestly, I watched the film that way with popcorn mm-hmm. and with a drink, <laughs> and I had some great moments yeah. with that. But nah, it didn't make me feel guilty enough. So, no. you know, I, I'd say see it, but maybe don't spend money on seeing it. Wait until it's it's. Well, let's do a roundtable. Let's yeah. do a. Uh, a recommend in the th- in the theater. Yeah. Watch it on streaming or don't bother. Watch it on streaming if in the future it comes up via algorithm. That's mine. <laughs> I would say watch it in the theater because if you do like jump scares and wild and that physical reaction that the sound system gives you, I would say see it in the theater because it was a little bit more fun in wow. the in the theater experience. We don't agree. <laughs> First time ever. <laughs> wow. Um. <laughs> yeah. This is um. This is this is a, this is a, either or. You could wait. You don't have to rush out to see this because it's not like you're going to be missing out on the conversation mm. that that like a movie like a Parasite or you know the Joker elicits when those movies come out. If you haven't seen them, you don't know what people are talking about. Um. This movie, I don't know if you'll be out of the conversation. You can really. You know, you can just jump in. Like I wasn't just just looking at the trailer. To me, it already kind of tipped off that we were going to see just a fun ride. We weren't, and and yes, there's some, there's a lot of there's a, in, there's intelligence uh, cooked into it, but it's it's more of a fun ride. Uh, you could take you could, you could go to the theater for it. I don't think it's a I don't think it's a bad time. You'll be entertained. Um, you know, you have a have a you know timeout and it's all good. So you get your popcorn and have get your popcorn, pop. have a drink. That yeah. is good. Yeah, okay, would, fine. I agree again. I would, yeah, for, for me myself, I would definitely say like I would say, 
Definitely catch it on streaming. It's definitely worth a watch. Uh, Betty Gilpin's awesome. Yeah. There were some yeah. really funny moments. Um, they, you know, for a fourteen million dollar movie, I thought that they brought some A game, and there's some fun stuff to be had. But is it a rush out to the theater? I think Viv really hit it on that head when he says, "Is this going to be part of the fabric of the conversation?" Not really. Mm-hmm. Just because it didn't take as many risks as say Joker did, right. and and uh, but yeah, uh, definitely worth a watch. Yeah. All right. Well, this was our pilot episode, guys. And this went really, really well. I'd like to thank our special guests, Sharon Taylor, Viv Leacock. Where can our listeners find you and follow you on the social meds? (laughs) (laughs) You can find me on Instagram at Sharon Twas Here because it's photos of where I've been. And then on Twitter, where I twas. And on Twitter, I'm Sharon C. Taylor. Oh, wow. She's tricky like that. Um, thank you for having us, guys. We love this. Um, so honored to be your first guest. Um, you can find me on... What am I on? Am I on Twitter? Yes, I am. <laughs> it's just... It's real easy. <laughs> just at Viv Leacock. And uh, same with Instagram. At Viv Leacock. I keep it simple for you. Nice. That's what... Yeah. Well, as always, you can find me at Christian Sloan on Instagram. I find there's a lot less rage with pictures. <laughs> Can't get angry at pictures too often. <laughs> uh, I, I also want to say thanks so much for you guys being here. Uh, I've had the uh, pleasure and honor of working in some of the same shows as these guys, and they're incredible talents. Uh, I do want to shout out to Sharon Taylor. You can catch her right now on Altered Carbon. Ah! She's knocking it out, <laughs> kicking ass, love thanks, it. Just phenomenal performance in there. Viv, where else can we catch you right now? <laughs> Oh. I know you got some upcoming projects, but those NDAs say no way. <laughs> so we won't dive into those. Um, oh, come on. We won't tell. <laughs> you, can, you can catch me on Batwoman right now. Oh, uh, yes, yes, yes. Another lady that kicks ass. There you go. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, thank you guys so much for being here. I adore you. I adore that you made the time for this. It's incredible. Thank you for being part of our inaugural episode. Thank, thank you. you. So you can actually go back and listen to uh, conversations with Christian and Viv and Sharon uh, in the archive of the YVR Screen Scene podcast, which is my other podcast. You can find me at YVR Screen Scene and Sabrina Armf, <laughs> which, which sounds like it's like a action or something, but it's actually Sabrina Ronnie Mira Firminger are my initials, but Sabrina Armf. Um, I do, before we leave today, uh, want to give thanks to our editor. Simon Firminger, and to you, our listeners, for listening. You can find us on all the socials, Screen Scene Sock on Twitter and Screen Scene Society on Instagram and online at ScreenScenesociety.com. The Screen Scene Society podcast is a production of Fish Flight Entertainment's YVR Screen Scene. I was going to say, you were supposed to say the last line, Christian, but, but I can say it. It's, and with that, this meeting of the Screen Scene Society is officially adjourned. No, you say no. (laughs) And with that, our very first official meeting of the Screen Scene Society is adjourned. That was perfect. Are you kidding? Oh, no, we're leaving that in. (laughs) (laughs) Awkward silences. (laughs) 